Hello, and welcome to Light Above Solitude, a podcast for the multifaceted soul currently in search of that special spark. I'm your host, Kalia. Light Above Solitude illuminates your path to self-discovery and growth on a soul level through mindset, holistic health, intentional living, and the exploration of elements and tools used in modern spirituality. This podcast is for the woman who doesn't feel completely safe to be authentic. I am here to tell you, you were born to stand out. I am ready to guide you out of solitude and into the light of hope, love, and freedom. I'm here to share stories and lessons learned on my journey from the dark side of depression into the light of alignment. I will also invite guests to chat on their expertise along the way, so make sure you stay connected at lightabovesolitude.com. All right, time to get lit. Welcome to my Owning My Truth series. I decided to start this podcast off with a little mini series I called Owning My Truth, where I give you a little insight on a few lessons and mindset shifts I have learned along the way. I thought this would be a good way for you to get to know me better before we got started. After this series, the podcast will transition into weekly episodes and include guest chats from time to time. So let's dive in. Owning my truth series, I went numb figuratively and literally. (sighs) All right. In my late teens and through my 20s, I became somebody who I barely recognized. I, I now know that I was for sure in survival mode, but every now and then, the real me would bubble up inside and for various reasons I just stuffed her down and down and deeper and deeper and I never felt like it was safe to show her to the world. I was I was so lost and so numb and so depressed that I completely that I was completely oblivious to the world around me that I went completely numb emotionally to the highs and to the lows of life. I was on lack of better term, I was on autopilot the whole time for so long. And the worst part of it all was that I never truly understood how bad it was, Um, but my body did. And my body gave me a huge wake-up call when I was around 22. Um, Honestly, due to the numb state I was in, um, my timeline for when things actually happened is really, really hard to pin down. But I feel like 22 is pretty accurate. Um, because I was at the tail end of my, of still living in my first apartment, like we talked about in my other Owning My Truth. And um, my father had already been, had already been deceased for a while. So 
I feel like 22 is a pretty accurate <laughs> time frame for this story. But one day I, I woke up and I just felt strange. Like there's not even really a word that can describe how I was feeling. I just felt off and I felt strange. Like I felt like something was wrong. And I tried to speak aloud and then I realized for sure something is wrong. I went to the bathroom and I looked in the mirror and I saw that my face was paralyzed. Like half of my face, my left half to be precise, did not work. I tried to speak again and my voice was really muffled and slurred and I tried to smile while I looked myself in the mirror and only the right side of my face worked properly. <laughs> um, my boyfriend at the time, he got up and he started getting ready for his work day and he didn't seem too concerned, which I'm actually thankful for because if he showed any real concern, I probably wouldn't have handled it so calmly. Um, he didn't seem panicked at all. And um, so I kind of was just confused. <laughs> I was really confused. Um, however, on that note, I did learn later that he actually thought I was faking it, which is like, how? How, how in the world do you think I can fake paralyzing half of my face like that. Uh, I do admit that because I was such a high functioning depressed person that I was able to put on fantastic happy masks, put on that happy face, but to put on half a happy face is a little bit of a stretch. <laughs> so he ended up heading off to work and I called my mother. And my family doctor, was still in my hometown, the, the town my mom lives in. And we were about, I was about a half hour away. So she told me she was gonna call my doctor's office and try to make an appointment um, as I was heading down her way to just come down and she'll try to make an appointment. And so I got ready, I got in the car and I just remember feeling like, like this was a dream, like this can't be happening. I was A, oddly calm for the situation, but also I was just really confused at, was, at what was going on. And on my drive down, my mom called back and she said that the doctor's office actually recommended that we head straight to the emergency room because they didn't think that they had the proper equipment to test me for the symptoms that we were telling them. So we agreed that my mom and I would meet at the ER room. And now that I am like recalling that day, I don't really remember my mom's reaction to it all. Like I don't remember her face when she saw me for the first time. I know I greeted her and I smiled and clearly it would have come across as non-functioning. <laughs> but I think maybe she might've been in shock as well after she saw me, I'm not quite sure, but we were both pretty calm at the moment. Um, so when we got into the, the, um, emergency room, they had me raise my eyebrows. Like that was the first test I remember them doing. And because of that, they determined that I did not have a stroke. 
because I guess if I would have been able to raise my left eyebrow, um, that would have been a sign of a stroke, but I wasn't able to. My left eyebrow didn't move. So next, they had me take a CAT scan or an MRI. I get those two confused. I'm not sure. Just, you know, sitting in the tube and having the machinery go around your head. So I'm guess I think that's a CAT scan. But so they had me do that. Um, and then my mom and I both started waited for the doctor to come into the emergency room. And when he did, he said that I had Bell's palsy. And <laughs> my mom asked the doctor what that was. And much to both of our surprises, excellent bedside manner. He literally said, you can Google it. And <laughs> we were both like, what? <laughs> you can Google it, he said. That was the first time during this whole ordeal that I remember my mom actually showing emotion. And I could almost physically see her bite her tongue. And all I remember her saying was, humor me. <laughs> so he began to tell um, us that Bell's palsy is, um, there's a little nerve behind your ear and it's encased in a, a bone. And so something happens to inflame the nerve, which then obviously enlarges inside of the bone and then gets pinched off by the bone casing. I'm not medically inclined, but that's how I remember it being explained to me. So, we're like, okay, so I have a pinched nerve and it paralyzed half my face. So what caused this pinched nerve? Like, how did this even happen? And they said that they're unsure of how it happens, but most likely due to stress. And the whole time I'm like, I'm not stressed. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm, I'm fine. Like, I was just about to move out of our first apartment into the upgraded apartment. And there was a few other cool things that were happening. Like, I didn't feel stressed at all. But in retrospect, clearly I didn't feel anything. I was completely numb to the world. <sighs> so they tell me it's due to stress. We ask how long it's going to be. And... They, they couldn't, they literally couldn't give us any answers. It was like 25 people in 100,000 people get Bell's palsy, super rare. But after I talk about it, when I've explained it to other people, they have known people who have had it. So I don't feel like it's as rare as, or maybe it's becoming more pop popular, <laughs> becoming more commonplace um, in the last decade. Oh my gosh, it's been a decade since I've had, <laughs> since I had it. Um, we asked them how long it would be till I fully recover. They said could be anywhere from a month to years. It, there's a possibility I could, I could never fully recover. Um, I remember them saying, it was like, 
everything we asked was completely vague answers. Like, I wasn't going to die, so I was okay with the everything, but it was just odd that they had no real answers at what was happening to me. So it ends up that um, through different remedies, I was, you know, I was told to massage my face up because of drooping. There was a point where I had to manually blink my eye. Um, I'd squint my eye like this with my fingers. And <laughs> because usually what happens after you get Bell's palsy is it, you're prone to eye infections because that, fa that facial muscle, um, you, you don't blink as much and therefore more things get into your eye and cause, and cause infection. And so I was super on top of it to make sure that I cleaned and blinked my eyes out. I used eye drops. I massaged up um, so that my face muscles wouldn't droop once I was done. But it, it was such an odd experience. And I began getting more and more function back in my face, but I think I didn't actually plateau to the place I am now. Um, probably between nine months and a year. And a lot of things happened <laughs> in that time that was difficult when your face doesn't quite work. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, so my, my lesson to you today is that to listen to your body. Don't shove your emotions or your feelings down like I did. They are really trying to tell you something. And if you don't listen to your emotions, your body will be the next. Your, your body will show you that there's something wrong and there's something that needs to be taken care of. I was in such a state of just numb zombie mind that I literally thought I was like having a good life. Like I literally thought I was happy. And in retrospect, instead of being happy, I thought I was happy to upgrade our apartment. But in retrospect, I realized that my body was actually acting out because I was about to sign a new lease to extend my time in what I knew was a toxic relationship for me. And I still didn't listen. But we all learn in our own timing. And I just so happened to have sealed that contract to continue to learn just how strong I am when I need to be. But maybe if you take the time to stop and listen to your emotions and what your body is trying to tell you, you don't have to you don't have to go through that stuff. So please remember to grow through what you go through. Thank you for listening to my story and letting me own my truth about this situation, how I went numb literally and figuratively. And I love you and we will talk soon. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Let me take this time to remind you, stop dimming 
your light. Stand brightly because the light is all around you. You do not need outside validation anymore. Embrace every aspect of you and start living truly authentic to your soul. Everything you want is in the light above solitude. If you love what you heard today and you feel called to support my work, you can now do so by buying me a coffee. A donation is never expected, but always greatly appreciated by me and my pack. Your support keeps the content flowing and my platforms as ad-free as possible. So head over to lightabovesolitude.com support. While you're there, check out all the ways we can connect further with details on my monthly membership, motivational text messages, and links to all my socials. You can even drop me a voicemail by clicking the mic icon in the lower right-hand corner. Until next time, friends, I love you.